how y'all doing this evening what's going on what's going on everybody welcome to the Fila sports podcast that's the forever i love atlanta sports podcast and tonight we're coming to you with our wednesday night show for rivalry week it's your boy coach mario and also the person who puts all this together my co-host doing Don. what's evening? going on man thank y'all for joining us this wednesday rivalry week is back and finally Finally, we're talking about those dogs. I know a lot of people have been waiting for us to talk about uh, UGA, but here it goes. This is Georgia's first true test of the season. We're going, we facing uh, this Saturday night. Um, if you're new to the channel, you already know what to do. Hit that like button. Also, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we on the way to 500, 500 on subscribers. We want to get there as soon as possible. Also. Uh, hit us up in the comment section and share this content out with other um, Atlanta sports fanatics and Georgia collegiate fanatics. As always, at your hometown sports podcast, uh, we have a special guest on the show, uh, Connor Mayunk. Is it Mayunkin or Majunkin? McJunkin. Yeah, McJunkin. All right, McJunkin. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell them uh, where you're from and uh, what you do. Uh, so I'm from, my name is Connor McJunkin. I'm from, uh, originally from Central Florida, currently live in uh, Southeastern Kentucky. Um, I'm a assistant coach for uh, the University of the Cumberlands up here, an NAIA school. Um, and then I'm also, also been a writer with uh, Slap the Sign. It's a fan-sided it's a Notre Dame um, website. I've been writing there for them for about a year and a half now. So I'm um, just a huge Notre Dame fan and uh, sports fan in general, and excited to be here today to talk a little uh, Notre Dame football. Hey, so I didn't know you coached at uh, Crumlins. Uh, I got a, I got a kid up there, uh, KJ Hunter. You know him? I do. I do know KJ. Yep. And tell him, tell him I said, hey, man. Um, uh, you know, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit after the show. We'll talk uh, absolutely. Show. Small world, man. Small. World. <laughs> like, trust me. I, I, I look. That, that, I love that boy. But anyway, uh, on to the show. Um, thank you for coming on today, uh, Coach. Go ahead and um, go through the um, the scores for the week for this past week of the games that's coming up. Yeah, let me run down, man. Uh, UGA uh, fifty-five to zip. We had Arkansas State, Georgia Tech. We took one on the chin. Um, lost to the Citadel at home. Well, obviously we were playing at home. We were playing the Citadel, uh, twenty-seven twenty-four. Um, Tough one for Coach Collins, man. Tough one. Tough one. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, uh, Tech has a bye this week, and next week they come back with Temple, and that'll be very interesting because Coach Collins and the current staff at Tech came from Temple, so that'll be very interesting. Um, Georgia State lost to Western Michigan 57-10. to Yes, 57 points. They gave up 57 points. This week they take on Texas State. That is Saturday. That is a 7 p.m. start, and you can catch it on ESPN+. Plus. Georgia Southern lost a heartbreaker 32-35 to to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota scored, what was it, 13 seconds left done? They threw the touchdown pass with 13 seconds left uh, to take the lead. Um, Minnesota, will, I mean, uh, Georgia Southern will be at home Saturday versus Louisiana Lafayette, 6 p.m. You can catch that one on ESPN Plus as well. Uh, they dropped Georgia Southern to one and two on the year, but they played well. And the teams they lost to were uh, bigger Division One schools. So, um, uh, oh, expect yeah. Georgia Southern Georgia to start Southern, winning some games. Yeah, they got a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, they should have beat Minnesota. Man, it, man, I was watching the game, man. It, my heart dropped. Uh-huh. Kennesaw State won 42-7 versus the Alabama State Hornets. Uh, Saturday, they take on Missouri State, 3 p.m. You can catch that one on ESPN. Ken- Kennesaw State is now 1-1. One one. Valdosta State still rolling. They won 48-21. They played Ohio Dominican. They have Saturday, they have the uh, – the Saturday, they're home versus um, West Alabama. Um, that, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Uh, that'll be a conference game, too. So, Valdosta State got a conference game Saturday there at home. Uh, Morehouse lost to Miles College 21-45. That drops uh, Morehouse to 1-2 and two on the year. Um, Clark Atlanta drops to 0-2. Um, they lost to Allen University. They'll be at home on James P. Brawley Drive to take on Central State Saturday at 6 p.m. So, all my black college band lovers go down uh, go down there to see. Look, I'm talking about go see the band, not even the football team. Ain't that messed up, Don? <laughs> And that brings us to uh, the current topic of tonight, UGA versus Notre Dame, getting it on this weekend, uh, this Saturday night, 8 p.m. CBS National Home Broadcast. game, they're playing at Sanford Stadium. Now, if you are if you can't go to this state, if you can't go to the game, because tickets is high, you already know it's, it's the hometown, <laughs> homecoming week. We're going to be hanging out in Manny's uh, Grant Park, downtown Atlanta. So uh, you're more than welcome to sh- uh, come come hang out with us and watch the game. You know, they have a bar there. They have food there. Hey, bring your own money. You just buy what you need to buy. Hang out with us. We appreciate that. Um, everybody in the chat, before we start, how is the audio sounding right now? All right. So you just tell me how the audio is sounding, and we'll, we'll keep it moving. But I want to go and say hey, hello to everybody in the chat. That Georgia Boy 17, he said UGA. I twenty Eric, he said, "Go dogs." Um, Cookie by nature, he said, "Hey, go Beasley." That's a that's my Beasley. <laughs> uh, Justin Clark, Jr. Clark from pound for pound. How you doing, man? Um, I twenty uh, Eric, he said, "Every loss that Georgia State takes makes Tennessee look even worse." LOL. And Cookie by nature, he said, Ooh. <laughs> "Cookie by nature said, I mean." Yeah. Think about he said, I mean, I go see an HBCU band just for the band. And then that Georgia Boy 17 said, Hey, y'all love to see Shark Clark? Y'all know about the Brown Sugar Dancers? Woo! HB, uh, that Georgia Boy 17 said, HBCU bands <laughs> is, is the main event. J.R. Clark said, Pretty good. Sound pretty good. He said, Y'all good today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it ain't, look, I'm, I'm Jerry rigging it right now, but we will get it fixed. So, hey, just got to do what you got to do. Um, So, Go ahead and start with the topic real quick, Coach. All right, we'll jump right there. We'll jump right into it, man. All right, so uh, dogs, uh, UGA fans, if y'all don't know, the biggest uh, thing that I think we'll have to deal with coming this Saturday night is a guy named Ian Book. And if you don't know him, he's a dual threat quarterback. Uh, he start became the starter last year. Uh, completed sixty eight percent of his passes. Um, this year, what he's has 553 yards, six TDs, no uh, interceptions, and he leads their team in rushing attempt and yards. So um, we all know that if you want to call it the Kirby defense or the Nick defense or the Mel Tucker or what Nick defense or the Mel Tucker or whatever whose defense, you know that mobile court, mobile quarterbacks can hurt any defense. But we know that mobile quarterbacks uh, can be the Achilles heel certainly of um, a cover two scheme or a cover three scheme, um, you know, uh, 
So um, with Ian Book, I, I wrote about it earlier this week. He he needs to basically ball out. I mean, I guess if if, if Notre Dame wants to to be in this game, he's going to be the the focal point of the whole offense. Um, so far through two games, Notre Dame's kind of um, with all the O line talent they brought back, they've still kind of struggled to run the ball. Um, which is why Ian Book, he, he, he's actually tied for the lead right now in rushing yards on the team. Um, and Notre Dame lost a couple guys, um, had a, um, a few guys injured, that uh, their tight end, Cole Komet, he should be back this week. Um, this is his first, It'll be the first game he's played this year. But, but basically with Ian Book, he, he's a dual-threat guy that when he's hot, he's hot. And uh, when he's not, I mean, it, it, the whole offense struggles, and, and he needs to step up on a big stage. Um, this is kind of I see it as kind of a redemption game. Last year against Clemson, he uh, he looked rattled. He looked uncomfortable the whole game. He didn't play well. The offense was out of rhythm the whole night, and uh, and he had NFL talent all around him. So I mean, he's got to play well, get the ball to his playmakers, um, you know, make plays with his feet, avoid sacks, move the chains, just not, not make mistakes, and kind of do what he's done throughout his career, which is he, he's accurate. Um, in the short to medium range um, stuff, he can he can extend plays, but he's got to he's got to hit the deep passes when he can. That's something he struggled with. Um, deep deep ball accuracy has been kind of an Achilles heel with him. Um, sometimes he gets a little happy in the pocket and and bails before he needs to. Um, but overall, I mean, he's the he's the gear that gets the whole offense going. And if he if he brings it and shows up, I mean, it'll you know it, Notre Dame's got a a pretty good chance, but. If he struggles, it's going to be hard all night to to keep up with Georgia for four quarters. Um, I mean, and you know, um, I mean, and you know, I, I, I think it's that that's that's the game. I mean, in my opinion, uh, if I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I might be a homer here, but I don't see Notre Dame winning without you no know, uh, Ian Book being an MVP MVP type player that night. Um, you know, I. I think that's that's the whole game right now. Uh, Georgia has to get some hits on them. You know, I hate to say that we're talking about college kids, you know, but we got to hit the kid. We we got to get some hits on him. We have to mix up some coverages, but that's that's the whole game. Slowing down Ian Book and uh, and and really, I think more so on the ground. I mean, obviously you don't want to throw for 500 yards, but if he's gonna run for 150 yards, it's gonna be a long night for Georgia. It's gonna be a long um, night. What you think, Don? Pretty much what you said, man. They they gotta they gotta put pressure on um, book, man. If they don't if they don't put pressure on book, it's gonna be a long night for UGA. Um, I just really don't. I don't. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't trust UGA secondary that much. So it it really gonna have to rely on the pass rush and uh, Georgia's D line to pretty much get the job done. Which which has been. Uh, I don't want to say a surprise, but you know, definitely the we're we're getting more production out of the D line in the first couple of games than we did last year. I think what last year we had Georgia had 24 sacks all all year. They have 12 already this year. I mean, you know, you could say we hadn't got into conference play, of course, yeah, but you know, already. Um, an, another key to the game. Um, when we talk about you know, uh, we all saw Notre Dame's opening game against Louisville. Everybody saw it. Um, no secret. UGA wants to run the football. Uh, you know, 
you don't want to take one game, but the consensus is, oh, you know, Georgia can run all over. You know, we uh, no, the strength of the team for Notre Dame last year was the linebackers, and I know this year you guys have some some young guys. What what is Notre Dame going to do? We we know Georgia's going to run it thirty plus times. You Notre Dame knows it. What are they going to do? To yeah, to that's that kind of the same way that Ian Book is is what the plan is for Notre Dame on offense. It's the what Georgia's plan is is going to be to run the ball on Notre Dame. It. You know that that first game, Louisville, the the misdirection, the like I said, the inexperience really shows, and you kind of take for granted sometimes how how good you know your linebackers are until they're not there making you know the D line right and you know sideline to sideline and um, you know Asmar Bilal, he it was his you know, he stepped in that first game and you know he looked two steps behind everybody and and then Drew White came in and he's kind of stepped it up a little bit. Bilal had a better game last week against New Mexico, but. Um, I think the biggest thing is is going to be because the secondary for Notre Dame is one of their strong points. It's the front seven. I think what really needs to happen is the front four really need to step it up. The D line, their their production's been a little bit. I don't want to say disappointing, but with the experience that they returned, the only person they lost was Jerry Tillery. I mean, first round NFL talent, but he's really the the biggest name they lost, and they return everybody else, including Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara. Um, they're two edge rushers who will be NFL caliber guys. So I think if they, if those front four can step up and help make the linebackers' lives easier, then I think you know Notre Dame can can maybe you know make that Georgia run game not as effective as they might want it. And then because I think ultimately Notre Dame's game plan is going to be try to shut down the run and then make Jake Fromm beat you, which it's still a double edged sword because he can do that, but. <laughs> I, they'd rather have that than Georgia run for 400 yards on them. So, I, I mean, it completely baffles me. I mean, it completely baffles me how that we haven't seen teams when they play Georgia do more of what uh, LSU did last year. Mm-hmm. Load up eight in the box, bring safeties. I mean, I'm completely baffled when I'm seeing teams just sitting in cover two. Like, man, you, they know we're going to run the ball 30 times. Like, right. LSU kind of put the blueprint out there. Like, I'm I'm complete now. You know, everybody doesn't have every team doesn't have the one-on-one cover skills <laughs> that LSU DBs have. But right. I'm, I, every week when I'm watching, I'm like, so we got another team that's gonna play quarters against Georgia. Whoo, it's not gonna work. <laughs> we'll run right. back through before we move to the next topic. Uh, we'll run back through the uh, chat. Uh, I twenty Eric says. Notre Dame's wide receivers are no joke either. Chase Claypool is 6'4", 229. Javon McKinley is 6'2", 220. They will test Stokes and Campbell all night. Ooh, that 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 um that 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 will be uh a matchup. How do you feel about you guys wide receivers? Yeah, I, I think that again, it all comes back to Ian Book, but I think that's going to be one of the big big points of the game, especially with um, Jafar Armstrong, Notre Dame's starting running back, who got hurt in Week One. So it's kind of a running back by committee with some inexperienced guys. So they're going to really lean on that that passing game. And, and Chase Claypool, he, I mean, he looks like an absolute monster. Like you said, he's put on some weight. He looks more fluid. Um, I mean, he's going to be an NFL guy next year. Uh, Chris Fink, he's a fifth-year senior. He's going to be that slot guy, the possession receiver. Uh, McKinley had kind of a coming-out party last week against New Mexico. Um, two touchdowns, had that. He had, like, top ten play, broke four or five tackles against New Mexico. Um, and then, like I said, Cole Komet, their tight end, who broke his collarbone about a month ago. This is going to be his first game of the season. And he's a 
Mackey Award watch list guy. Um, so Notre Dame, they have the receiving threats all over the field. It's just going to be, you know, up to Ian Book to to buy time and get the ball to them and and try to you know try to carve them up as much as he can. Hey, and one thing I want to say about hey, and one thing I want to say about Ian Book. You know, we talked about him running the football, but I told you guys this guy completed sixty eight percent of his passes last year. I told you guys that for a reason. He can't throw the football. He can't throw the football. I mean, you know. He he reminds he reminds me a little bit of Aaron Murray a couple years ago, just with uh quicker to take off. But everybody know um Aaron, Aaron Murray, UGA's quarterback, especially his freshman and sophomore year, he he would get up out of there. So uh he got because they're kind of similar in stature. Um Ian Book isn't a huge guy, you know. Um but but you know he can throw the football. He's just not a runner back there. He can throw the football. You know I want everybody to be aware of that. And uh, <laughs> I twenty Eric um also says Louisville ran for two forty nine on Notre Dame and New Mexico ran for two ten and 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 that's why I'm thinking that Eric that you and know Jr. Clark I, said Jr. Clark said uh, he thinks if, the dogs are running all day. I, I I was I I I'm gonna be surprised that I you know I know what Notre Dame normally runs but if we're not gonna see them load up eight at some point early in the first or second quarter to establish, I'm going to be surprised. Like, how – do you think that'll happen Basically. at all, Connor? Do you no, I mean, I think they have to do something different. I yeah. mean, if you're – you know, you can't you, – you're they're 120th in the nation right now in rushing yards per game allowed. I mean, you know, you can't – and that's, like I said, against Louisville and New Mexico. So, they're going to have to, you know, rely on that secondary, the experience of the secondary. They're, they're going to have to just, you know – play man and win those one-on-one matchups and then let those, you know, front seven put eight in the box and, and force Georgia to throw it on them. You know, I think that's what they're going to have to do. They can't, you know, you can't let Georgia control the line of scrimmage all game and just wear and tear and, you know, ground and pound on you for four quarters because, you know, Notre Dame doesn't have a shot if that happens. I'm, I'm a huge. I'm, I'm a huge Jake Fromm guy, but if I'm facing Jake Fromm, I'm going to make Jake Fromm beat me because right. I'm sorry. I know Swift can beat me. <laughs> right. you know, well, I'm sorry. I know that offensive line can beat me. So, right. you know, I'm a huge Jake guy, but he's gonna have to prove it to me if I was facing him. You know. Um, one, 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 one thing I found very uh oh well before we move um key matchup will be as well. You touched on earlier the secondary for Notre Dame, lots of experience, some two and three year starters back there, and right now we know Jordan Georgia's leading receivers are freshmen, and basically we lost our top five pass catchers from last year. Uh, how do you feel about the matchup with you know the secondary versus the our inexperience? Yeah, no, I think that's that's the area where Notre Dame I think has the advantage. Um, like you said, Notre Dame they lost Julian Love, you know another he was an All American corner. But, you know, you bring back Aloe Gilman and uh, Jalen Elliott. Um, you got Sean Crawford, who missed all last year with a knee injury, but he's back. He's a three-year starter. Troy Pride Jr. Um, and then the true freshman, Kyle Hamilton, who's from Atlanta, who's uh, he's, he's been balling out the last two games as a true freshman. Had a pick six last week. He, I imagine he's going to still get a lot of quality snaps. Um, but that's the strength of the defense right now, and they need to really rely on that against, like you said, an inexperienced receiving core. Um, kind of the same way George is going to try to, you know, use their experienced offensive line to ground and pound on an inexperienced linebacking core. So it's kind of each team is going to be playing chess like that, and whichever teams can kind of exploit it the best is going to have the upper hand. Yeah. Um, one thing that 
Um, one thing that I did find interesting that I'm shocked now, this was two days ago, I didn't check uh, today. But I know two days ago, uh, UGA by 13 and a half. Man, I thought that was big. I'm a huge, I mean, Georgia's my favorite, you know, I'm a huge UGA fan, but man, I thought that was big. Like, like, uh, did that get around South Bend or is that going through the fighting Irish you guys feeling a little disrespected? No, there, I think or? this team, especially Brian Kelly, this whole offseason with the, you know, because Notre Dame's got, you know, they play at Georgia, at Michigan, at Stanford. They've kind of, you know, put in that road warrior mentality, which is something they've tried to hone in on all offseason. I don't think they're really paying attention to that. I know, you know, it doesn't surprise me too much. A lot of people think that, especially after the, you know, how Notre Dame looked against Clemson. You know, people just aren't, they don't want to, they don't trust in the big games. I can't blame them. I mean, it's it's been kind of the, the crutch for Notre Dame for, for as long as I can remember, um, you know, big games, and, and they just kind of fail to show up. Miami 2016 um, and things like that, or 2017, sorry. So, um, you know, at 13 and a half, that, that feels about right. I think I don't think it's going to be that big, but, I mean, you know, you ask Paul Feinbaum or some of these other talking heads, and they think Georgia's going to win by 35. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Usually those – it can go either way, but, um, you know, 13 and a half, it seems a little big. I think it won't be, you know, that big of a margin, but, um, you know. I was thinking like eight and a half, you know, something yeah. like Eight and a half, something. Yeah. Like that. When I saw that thirteen number, I was like, "Whoa, that's yeah. great!" What do you think about that? Like the, the yeah, point spread, bring thirteen and a half. Yeah. Me. I don't think we. I don't think we go blow the like Dame out of the water like that. Like it's if we go probably win by ten or fourteen points. Um, and like I said, this was two days ago. So if the, if it's changed and anybody looked at it, let us know the current line. But I just thought, you know. Man, 13 and a half on Tuesday. Because, you know, sometimes Sundays and then Monday it'll go down. But I'm like, Tuesday, 13 and a half, man. Yeah. Uh, going back in the uh, chat real quick, um, that Georgia boy said he think UGA's wide receivers are starting to come into a groove. I mean, you know, and, and until that Georgia boy, until somebody challenges us and we have to throw the football, you know, we, we really won't know what we have. You know, I want to see I want to see us get challenged. So we'll see what we have. Um, I twenty Eric says Louisville showed you can uh, use misdirection to beat Notre Dame's defense. Kohler has put a few of those wrinkles into this offense this year. <laughs> Louisville, uh, I twenty Eric been studying that Louisville tape against y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also said he feels Pickens will feast this game, and Pickens is sick, man. That kid is sick, sick, sick. Him and Jaden Hazelwood, him and Jaden Hazelwood are sick. Anyway, Jaden Hazelwood from Cedar Grove, uh, Oklahoma. Um, I twenty Erica also said Robertson should also have a good game. Yeah, man, Robertson he got all the talent, man. We just gotta, you know. And one thing people have to understand, like me and my homeboy have a debate all the time about Jaden Hazelwood and why he chose Georgia. You know, I have no problem with Georgia's offense. I have no problems with Georgia's offense, but we're gonna run the ball thirty times. Like we're not gonna throw the ball. Uh, 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 you know, if you think you're about to get ten targets, you're not. You know, especially one guy in our offense, a wide receiver, you're not. We're going to run the football. So, you know, I, I I think Pickens can go off, but, you know, and Robertson, but we're just not – guys just not going to get that many targets. They, they're not. And once we get up, Kirby's definitely going to run the football. He wants to close the game out. That's that's Kirby's philosophy. Yeah. And uh, one more comment. Um, uh, 
I twenty Eric said his X factor is Eli Wolf. Got to get him going early, and that's a tight end we got from uh, Tennessee, right? Um, ain't that where Wolf come from, Eric? Tennessee, uh, tight end from Tennessee. Um, we seen him from hook up a few times, and maybe uh maybe he can he can find some some room over the middle. And I got to throw you a curveball, Connor. I have to ask you. All right. Uh, just off the top of your head, some of your favorite. Oh, of all time. Yeah. Well, I. I, when I started really getting into Notre Dame football, just personally watching, I uh, Brady Quinn, Jeff Samarja, those two right off the bat, uh, all-time favorites, Anthony Fasano, Maurice Stovall, the, the throwback, Charlie Weiss, Arid kind of guys. Uh, more recently, I mean, Manti Teo, Jalen Smith, those two, two of the best linebackers in Notre Dame history. Um, Manti Teo, that 2012 year, or 20, yeah, 2012, had one of the best defensive oh. seasons ever. Um, you know, aside from all the, the fake girlfriend stuff. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> I know, I know. Everyone brings it up anyway. I'll just get it out of the way. Uh, and then, I mean, more, most recently, um, uh, Quentin Nelson, you know, I played offensive line in college, and okay. he, he's always just been – he's a mauler, a, bra- a brawler. He's doing the same thing in the NFL. Zach Martin, too. Um, Notre Dame's kind of been a O-line U these last five, six, seven years, and, and they've just produced some monsters, and those are some of my favorite guys. You don't like Golden Tate? Oh, I, I mean, I'm a Giants fan too, actually. So I love Golden Tate. I've always loved. I love the the receiver wearing a 23 number. That was always my favorite, and him jumping in the band against Michigan State, and uh, he he always found ways to get open. He's only like 5'11. I love that about him. He's a he's a baller. Well, Connor, real? I got something to, I got something go to ahead, tell you. Go ahead. Connor. You go hate me, Connor. Oh boy, <laughs> you Cowboy fan? Oh no. Oh no. You see like Falcon stuff back here? No, that's no. true. Yeah, no, you're right. I was just making sure. That's no, easy. No, no. We almost blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I support the Bulldogs. I support Tech. I support a lot of Georgia schools. But I am a Michigan Wolverine fan. Oh, man. So you're kind of in the same boat as being overrated every year, just like Notre Dame. Oh, shit. Hey, 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 until we can beat – look, I, I, can, I can take the slander. I can take yeah. the slander. Until we can beat Ohio State, then, hey, that, it's fine. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I you know, I can just got to take the punches with the Notre Dame stuff. I mean, they – you know, they, they can play well. And then, you know, these big kind of games, like, you know, I thought it would be different against Clemson, and then they lay a goose egg. So, it's the same kind of same kind of boat. I definitely understand your pain. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, I got a question. Um, Jerome Bettis or Herschel Walker? Starting with you, Coach. Yeah. That's a Jerome real question. Bettis. Herschel Walker. Well, I think Herschel Walker is one of the top five college football players of all time, and I don't think Jerome Bettis is. So there's the answer. Y'all be mad at me if I told who y'all who I thought the best college football player was of all time. I get blasted. Matter of fact, I'm about to tell y'all now, so I can get blasted. Everybody in the chat, go ahead and blast me. Tim Tebow was the greatest college right, football See, player you, you, you ever. Man. But anyway, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. All right, I'm going to have Connor. All right, Connor, um, Jerome Bettis or uh, Herschel Walker? Nah, yeah, I got to go Herschel Walker, I think. I mean, it, 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 freak athlete, you know, out of this world. I mean, Jerome Bettis, man, he 
Yeah, he's the bus. I mean, he's gonna, you know, he'll pound it for you. But yeah, I don't, you know, Jerome Bettis in that one. I, I mean, one. I Herschel Walker in that one. I got one done. I got one. Heinz Ward. I got one. Heinz Ward. Or, I was about to say that. Uh, I was Brown. about to say that. I, I swear to God. <laughs> I was about to say that. All right. My eyes thinking like, so uh, we do agree on some stuff, done. Huh? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I go with I, Tim I, I like, Tim I like as, a as a player, I used to like Heinz Ward. I used to like Heinz Ward. Somebody lately, and I don't know if the one in the chat right now or not, Somebody lately just reminds me of Heinz Ward that just made me just not like Heinz, Heinz Ward anymore. I'm talking about <laughs> Heinz, yeah, no. So, uh, but anyway, real talk, just get back on track. Tim Brown. Got to be Tim Brown. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, NFL careers, you know, were, you know, pretty – Hall of Fame worthy, but Tim Brown is a—he was one of the best NFL receivers for ten straight years. Won a Heisman in college. It's hard to hard to argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Tim Brown was the man, man, man. Tim Brown was the when I was a, even as a kid. Tim Brown was the when I was a, even as a kid. I, I couldn't be. I was amazed at how big that dude was. Like he plays receiver. Like he was the Julio, man, was Julio Jones before Julio Jones. I don't know if a lot of people remember. Yes. He played yeah. for the Raiders. Yeah, uh, I have to let you know, Connor. Tip, typically, I'm the older statesman, so uh, I think I 20 Eric got a couple years on him. But typically, in our Twitter and our chat, I'm the older guy, so sometimes I bring up stuff and they be like, "Huh?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Who are you talking you know, about?" Y'all, y'all weren't born. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, um, all right, so uh, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, do we have any more comments in the chat? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I 20 Eric said he's a Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn fan. Uh, yep. So he goes there, and that Georgia boy, they, yeah, they owe me about Tebow. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was the best, and I'm a UGA fan. I couldn't stand that dude, and for me to say he's the best, that dude was. College, college, college. All right, so picks, prediction, picks, prediction, picks, predictions. Uh, Don, what do you think going to happen Saturday? You pretty much already said it, but, I you know, say again, what you think going to happen Saturday? Win, um, it'll be, I say, 35 to at 35 24 something like that man we 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 very similar what you uh well, I'll, let, I'll let our guests go last um uh i think i think that the, the like i said key, key to the game our running game stopping ian book um i think uh uga gets it done i think it'll be like 32 17 somewhere around in there so same similar point spread done somewhere in there yeah uh, i think you know, one big thing is Notre Dame's going to have to kind of open up their playbook a little bit, misdirection stuff, kind of what your the guy in the chat said about what Louisville did to Notre Dame. They got to kind of do the same thing. I think Notre Dame will, will keep it close. They'll kind of – they got to weather that, the storm early, you know, in Athens, college game day. Um, you know, I, they're going to they're gonna keep it close. I think Ian Book's going to play well. But, um, you know, I see it being 34-24 was my prediction for Georgia, I think. It'll be something like 24-27, then Georgia scores late, kind of puts it away. That's kind of how I see it unfolding. Before you go, go back, back to, to the, the chat, chat real uh, quick. Everybody said, in, the chat, that's in, in the chat, go, go ahead and put your predictions in so we can share them. Yeah, before we get off. Um, uh, 
I twenty Eric say, why wouldn't I say AJ Green? I was trying to bring up uh, older players, but who would you go with AJ Green over Tim Brown? I still gotta go with Tim. I'm a big AJ AJ guy, but Tim. I mean AJ is good, but we man, whew, that's I don't know. That's a good one, Eric. How about AJ and Rocket? AJ and Rocket. So that's two different kind of players. I mean, I'd probably take AJ in that one. I mean, the Rocket. He, uh, he was more of a gauge guy. In today's game, though, woo. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You'd be like Tavon Austin type. Yeah, in today's game, you see Rocket line up all over the field. You see him yeah. take some Wildcat snaps. You see, yeah, you see Rocket. Man, you might see Rocket play safety. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, got a, I got another one. I got I, go got, I got, I got another one. Go um, let's see. No, no. Goldberg and, no, no. and Zurich. Oh, uh, I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. Hold on. Aaron Murray or uh, Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I I really man, think Carolina to get I, I, Carolina to get Jimmy Clausen a chance. Right? That's just my opinion. They wanted, you know, you you had Jimmy. You know, I, now. Jimmy Clausen, this man, they they projected this man to be a future, you know, NFL star quarterback. All right, no doubt. Yeah. And what happened was he went to Carolina. He got picked in the second round. I want to say in 2010. Mm-hmm. Played there one year, and then they drafted Cam Newton. Yeah. But here's my thing: in 2016, I mean 2015, when Carolina went on that run. You know, I think Carolina could have probably had a better chance winning that Super Bowl with Jimmy Clausen. Ooh, I, <laughs> look now, all y'all who killing me lately. Look now, all y'all who killing me lately on Twitter about my teams. Y'all better make sure y'all rough Don up about this one tonight. Don, put that one on Twitter so you can get some heat too. Because I've been having some very unpopular opinions on Twitter since last Thursday, Connor. And boy, they've been killing me. So, Don, put that one on Twitter so y'all can get the heat off me. <laughs> oh, boy, that boy, uh, please put that one on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, uh, like I say, I mean, I, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't love Aaron Murray, his freshman and sophomore years. Aaron Murray used to, woo, used to frustrate me, so. I don't know, but you know, I gotta, you know, on Connor, I'm not a big Notre Dame guy, so I'm not gonna vote. Oh, I can't go Jimmy Clausen over whatever. I was never a Stafford guy either. Stafford is my least favorite quarterback of the late. Like, he's my least favorite of the quarterbacks that UGA have had. Never Stafford was he wasn't good at Georgia. So what you he like wasn't. DJ? Shockley? Oh my God, he over. Yeah. Over Stafford oh. at George? Here you yes. go, man. Oh, I'm my God. Time. <laughs> Stafford has elite arm talent. Can DJ make the throws Stafford can throw? No, he can't. DJ <laughs> can make the throws. But Stafford is also about throwing it to the correct people, throw it in deep ball. He figured it out when he got Calvin uh Rit- when he got Calvin Johnson in Detroit, but he threw a terrible deep ball at Georgia. He always overthrew AJ. He would throw that flat. Dumb deep, I'm telling you. Y'all not at UGA, him. bro. Okay. Uh, Stafford, man, he was. He had elite. He, he has his arm talent. You, not denying that. Don never could deny his arm talent. But you also have to know who and where to throw it to. I didn't love Stafford at UGA, man. Yes, I take DJ a hundred times. DJ took us to the SEC championship and won it. What are you talking about? 
he won the SEC championship, we would have won the national championship if he wasn't hurt that year against Florida. I remember. I remember. So DJ would have won. We would have won the national championship if we hadn't lost to Florida that year, and DJ was hurt. I remember. I remember. Uh, that Georgia boy said Quincy Carter. Of course, I gotta go. I mean, I, I can't say Quincy. I graduated and known the man since I was since we were this high. So you know, obviously Quincy. You know, dang, he gonna be mad at me for not saying him. I hope you don't watch. My bad, Q. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the predictions real quick. Um, Trey said he got UGA 34, Notre Dame 24. I 20. Eric has Georgia 34-21. That Georgia boy has 30-20. to 20. Um, Eric said, Coach Trivia, what was the Rockets' real name? Ragib Ishmael. How are you going to try me like that? Uh, Eric said, and Quadri Ishmael, the missile. What's his little brother? Uh, and there was another one, too, that went to Syracuse. The what was the other one? The, um, I forgot his name. The other one went to Syracuse. I can't believe you tried me like that. That's uh, <laughs> when Eric. The bullet, the bullet, the bullet, um, the bullet. I think. That Georgia boy. Bullet, he went to Syracuse, right? Yeah. Hey, I 20 Eric, don't challenge me on my college football now. Y'all look at me on NFL, but don't challenge me on my college. <laughs> um, That Georgia boy says uh, David Green like, and like, Quincy like Carter. Carter. Uh, I 20 Eric said Jimmy Clausen, man. And I twenty Eric said, "Give me Eric Zier over any quarterback before from." Hey, the Z man, I can't can't be mad at Eric Zier either. Can't be uh, that Georgia. Um, I twenty Eric and that Georgia boy. Who who? How do y'all? What y'all think about what I said about Stafford? I want to know y'all entry y'all comments uh, in the chat or either hit me on Twitter. I just want to know anybody else not know Stafford at Georgia. But as we wait, as we but, wait for that, uh, I got go ahead, some more huh? questions for uh, Connor before we get off. Um, <laughs> who you think that's going to come out of? Um, Either y'all seniors or some juniors that's going to end up leaving early. Who you think that's going to be successful and get drafted in the uh, 2020 draft? Great question. Oh, that is a good question. I think, I mean, for starters, I think uh, I mean, Ian Book, I think he's going to leave after this year. Um, I think he, he's got NFL talent. I think he's got a lot to, to prove and, and fix. And um, But I think he's going to be, you know, up there. Uh, I think uh, Chase Claypool is another one. Um, the dude's got – he's gotten bigger. He's got the frame. Um, I mean, you, you see Notre Dame receivers have been doing really well, you know, um, lately in the NFL. I, you know, Miles Boykin, he scored his first touchdown two weeks ago. And, and he's kind of the similar receiver. I think he's going to he's gonna go out in the NFL this year as well. Um, possibly Cole Kmet. He's got you know, Notre Dame and tight ends. That's another – uh, rich history right there. I think he, uh, if he has the kind of season he he's capable of, he's got just as high a ceiling as anybody. Um, and then of course uh, the two edge rushers, Aquara, his brother plays for the Lions, um, and then uh, Khaled Kareem. Those two guys are um, have the chance to be you know first second round talents as well coming off the edge. Okay. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Uh, that Georgia boy said he liked Matt Stafford. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So um, before we go, Connor, uh, let the people know where they can find you at, where they can read you at. You know, anything you want to plug. Uh, you know, you got any shows coming up? You rap? No, no rapping. <laughs> no mixtapes. We got a. Yeah, we got our first home game tomorrow against Weber. International from Central Florida. They're coming up here. Okay. Um, we're 1-0 right now. Actually, want to had our game two weeks ago. But uh, you can find all my stuff and, and any other Notre Dame stuff 
possible, slapthesign.com. Um, and then my Twitter personally is at McJunkin54. Um, you can follow me there. I post my articles and talk, you know, Giants, Notre Dame, college football, everything in general. So, um, you know, those are the two areas. If you want to you know, read any of my stuff, keep up with me. Uh, I'm more than happy to follow along. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you. Um, uh, but Don, don't click uh, off because Don, but Don, don't click off because Don wants to, uh, remember, he wants to talk to you. Um, yeah. So everybody, everybody, uh, I 20 Eric said, yeah, he agreed with me that Stafford was inaccurate at Georgia. Yeah, like he had that, he had the arm talent, but that's what was frustrating because you would see it sometimes like, whoa, look at that throw. And then the next time you'd be like, who is he throwing to? Yeah. All right. Uh, I 20 Eric also, he's, Oh, that Georgia boy you went to Banneker? That that Georgia boy said he played with Greg Blue at Banneker. Greg Black and Blue, whoo, he would hit you. <laughs> and I 20 Eric said Claypool is definitely a top 50 player easy. That he, yeah. kid is huge. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah I, they 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 going to make him pee in the cup. <laughs> that kid is huge. All right, Don, this kid is huge. All right, Don, did you have anything before uh to the uh to our um, listeners before this- we let him go? Oh, tell them I, we got to tell them about. I'm, I'm sorry, this weekend again. All right, one more time. So, guys, okay. you know it's hometown homecoming week. Feel the sports podcast we hosting this weekend. All right, Friday I'll be at SunTrust Park. I'll be at the Battery before the game. During the game, I'll be at the game. Giants versus uh, the Braves. I'll will be at the uh, Gulch Saturday morning during the. Uh, the tailgate, the pregame for the Atlanta United match. They play against San Jose. So we're going to be down there kicking it, hanging in and out, hanging out with uh, other fans. And then we'll go to the game and watch the game at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So come holler at us. And the Atlanta United fans, come holler at us uh, that day. Also, at the end of the match, we're going to head to Grant Park. We'll go uh, hang out at Manny's for the evening and sit back and just kick it and just – I'm gonna be eating. Coach will probably be drinking, and we'll be watching the Bulldogs game. <laughs> and we'll be watching, Dang, we'll be watching the Bulldogs game. Come, you know, just come hang out with us. You know, you sitting at the house ain't doing nothing. You watching on TV on your own. You might as well just come out and hang out with us. You know, it's a good place. So, but um, on that note, we gonna go ahead and end the show. We'll be back this Sunday. Uh, we'll probably be talking about Atlanta United. In our experience at the tailgate, so that's what we'll probably be sharing, and then we'll, you know, we, as usual, we'll go throughout the whole um, scores and news for the week. If you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, share this content out with other Atlanta sports fanatics and also Georgia um, college fanatics. Also, share this content out. I'm sorry. also hit us up in the comment section. And thank you to everybody who uh, came in and chat chat with us tonight. We really appreciate y'all. We enjoy, you know, listening. We we, we enjoy reading y'all comments. And uh, thank you, Connor, for coming on the show, man. Exactly, man. Knowing your stuff, too. No, yeah, Sometimes people come over here and you can tell they don't know nothing about the team. Like, bro, you don't know nothing. I've had a great time talking with you guys. Exactly. You you changed my stereotype of Notre Dame fans because I just know <laughs> Notre Dame fans just loud and obnoxious. <laughs> just wear green all the time. Uh, you're not that type of person. So we cool, man. We cool. And like you know, and you take care of my kid up there. We are gonna talk about that when we get off the show. So I, I really appreciate it, uh, you coming on. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And as always, come hometown sports podcast. We'll see y'all later on. Tell the boys, play time's up. Tell them, put the house on me.